Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Streamed and Screened, an entertainment podcast about movies and TV from Lee Enterprises. I'm Terry Lipschitz, a senior producer at Lee and co-host of the program with Bruce Miller, editor of the Sioux City Journal and longtime entertainment reporter. Bruce, I'm feeling bagels right now. I, I want to just bust into my freezer, bust out the bagels, because it's a bagel kind of night. I have been eating so much all night long with the Oscars because I'm so nervous. And the idea, looking at the, you know, usually, usually now, they'll give something to all of the Best Picture nominees. There'll be like some oddball category that you think, okay, I don't care. But this year they really went for everything, everywhere, all at once. They, seven, seven was seven. the final count. And the surprise, I think, of all of the ones that they did win was that it got Best Supporting Actress for Jamie Lee Curtis. I think that was the one that could have gone in another direction and they would have been fine with it as well. But when she won, I think we saw, uh oh, a trend is starting. This is going to be an everything kind of night. I really felt sorry for Angela Bassett because when they were, when you have those little boxes where you see all the faces and there is Angela Bassett and they say, and the winner is Jamie Lee Curtis, you could just see her face fall. And it was so heartbreaking heartbreaking because she had been built up as the presumptive winner. She was the one who was going to go home with the Oscar tonight and she didn't, but I just hope that somebody writes her another good part and that she gets that chance to win because she deserves to win. Jamie Lee winning was kind of a, a hat tip to the history of movies because her parents were huge movie stars. They were nominated. They never won. And here was her husband, Christopher Guest. He was nominated before. He never won. And here, the one that they probably least uh, suspected would win comes through and gets it. And she was very generous. And she kind of helped start that whole thank you, mom, kind of uh, thread that we saw throughout the night. A lot were thanking their mothers. And then it got to Michelle Yeoh winning. And she thanked her mother who was back in Malaysia. So it's like, come on. It was a night of tears, a night of huge tears. It started out really well with a lot of tears and it ended well with a lot of tears. So they did a great job, I thought, in terms of producing a show that you would watch and, and stick with. The emotions ran high almost immediately with Best Supporting Actor. Uh, it, it was, you know, that that reunion, I guess, uh, we'll get to with Encino Man, <laughs> where the two the two actors, other than Pauly Shore, to uh, to star in that walked away with Oscars tonight. It, it was it, it it was just such a he got such a, uh, a, a rousing ovation also uh, when he came out when he was announced. It was just and they flashed to Steven Spielberg, too, and he's applauding. It was just great. And he had him in uh, the Indiana Jones film. But, you know, having I was I've been to the Academy Awards before and you can feel in the audience when they start naming the names who is going to win, because the the support that they get with the applause is very telling. And that was the case with this. When you heard his name nom uh, called as a nominee, it was huge. But he's won everything but the BAFTA award. So the idea that he wouldn't win would have been a real, a real shame. But God bless him. He came through. And I think this could be um, a real, real breakthrough for him. I think it can be a real second wind 
and he'll have a great career. Oddly enough, he and Michelle uh, Yeoh are in the in a TV show that's coming out on Disney. And I think they were going to do a, a preview of it tonight on the on the Oscars. But um, they're working on that right now. So they both are together again in now a TV series. And of course, we're, we're talking about Kei Kwan, who we failed to mention his name. But I, I think it's sorry, but sorry, sorry. We we we've been talking about him a lot for for a number of episodes now and it kind of led into we had seen the progression where even just a few episodes ago you had thought like maybe we this 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 movie might get a couple of nom you know a couple a couple of awards here or there it might be spread around to the different movies but even when we talked just last week uh you know you had kind of felt this might get 6 7 awards and and that's what it did it was building, and that's what uh, award season does. You know, it starts out with those things like the Golden Globes, where you think, oh, my God, it's Steven Spielberg's to lose because he did well at the Golden Globes. And then you can see as each one kind of goes through the paces, yeah, it's not doing well. It's not getting anywhere. Steven Spielberg will be sitting in the audience just applauding others. That's what it, so you can track it, but there are always a surprise. There's always a surprise. They have never been true to predictions um, any of the years that that they've been giving them out. And I think Jamie Lee was the big um, surprise there. And then also that All Quiet on the Western Front won so many awards. Four, four right? Um, some of those could and some of those, you know, it was kind of a lock for international film, but some of the other ones were like, really? It could have gone to easily Top Gun um, or the music could have gone to the Fablemans. Sets could have gone to Elvis and that would have then kind of split things up a bit. But look what happened. It's yeah, I was a little surprised on score. Not so much that I thought that John Williams is going to win because he's been nominated so many times, but I feel like you kind of know what to expect with John Williams. So it's not necessarily a surprise anymore. So it's, it's almost a courtesy. We have to nominate John Williams because he's like, exactly. Diane Warren. but it, at the end of the day, he has, you know. he's not exactly breaking ground with his music. I actually thought um, Sun Lux might win that for everything everywhere. If only because it, it feels like the music in movies has gotten a little bit more diverse and they've been willing voters have been willing to kind of break away from the huge orchestra and and i'm thinking specifically about uh trent reznor atticus ross of nine inch nails when they scored the social network and yeah, and there's an yeah. example of they could have done something a little bit more offbeat and and kind of taken that you know pathless taken so to speak and, and maybe did a little something different there on that one but they didn't. And, and you know, I, I think it's fine. We, we've talked about, you know, it sounds like all quiet on the Western front. It's almost like just three notes playing over and over again. Yeah, the three notes kind of jar you back into mm -hmm. the story and they, they come at odd places. And, you know, I had never seen the actor who plays the leading role before this. And so it was nice to see him. And then when they say like his first thing, well, that's interesting because the kid really carried it. And now I, I wonder, well, why wasn't that pushed as uh, a potential like supporting actor or even best actor? Because he did carry the film and a lot of the emotion played on his face. Question for you, too, because you, you've been following movies for years with, with, <laughs> with, with the supporting actress. Were you surprised at all? Because it wasn't just that Jamie Lee won, but you had two nominees from the same film 
nominated and doesn't well, ever split where that may have just led like you know you had a couple here a couple there and then angela bassett comes in and wins it and it didn't happen it has uh it has been kind of a curse to have somebody else from your film in because then you could lose but there have been other cases where there have been more than one in a category and they still won um, I think, and now please, if I'm wrong, do not hold me to this. It's late <laughs> at night. Okay. But the last time I remember that there were three from one movie was network. And if you may remember, Peter Finch and William Holden were both us up for best actor and that could have split it. And then neither of them would have gotten it, but it turns out, and it could have been Sylvester Stallone for Rocky, but, um, Peter Finch won. Now Peter Finch died before the Oscars. And so there, there is that element into the whole thing. But yeah, it, usually if there are two for one film, it's going to split the vote. And oddly enough, it didn't this year. It must have been that Jamie Lee had a big, strong following because she is old Hollywood. And, you know, they want to say, come on now, we'll, we, we like all these kind of changes that are happening, but we've still got to give some of our people the, the applause that they need. And she will be like Laura Dern. She will be one of those ones that'll be very loyal to the Academy. And years from now, she'll be hauled out and present something. She'll be doing those technical awards that nobody seems to want to do. Um, she'll do every, she'll be a good spokesperson for the Academy. So it was a good vote for them. Um, and she was very uh generous and um I think humble in her acceptance speech. I really think she was grateful. She kept saying it. This this is an award for the people in the cast. It was everyone. for my my parents. Yes, it's for my husband. It's for my children. It's for everyone. So it was a very gracious acceptance speech, and and it was a really nice, touching moment. One of many over the course of the night. Big surprises for you. I mean, I I did not think it would win that many awards. I really think that some of those other categories might have gone to another another film. Like I thought the screenplay could easily have gone to the Banshees. I think that would have been a, a an interesting kind of split. And I wouldn't have it wouldn't have dimmed their best picture win at all. But there was momentum there. And I think people were just marking the ballots. XXXXX. I saw this. And what's strange is that a lot of them didn't like it. If you yeah. talk to people in Hollywood, they go, no, I'm not, not all that high on that, but maybe they felt it was time. It was time to go for something different. Yeah, I agree with you on the screenplay. It, it kind of gave me, you know, I was kind of thinking of like, like a Tarantino where they don't necessarily want to give him best director, but they give him a screenplay. So that might have been a good position for Banshees to slide in there. You can acknowledge another film and then still give everything everywhere it's due. You know, there was talk uh, quite a bit during the last week that Colin Farrell was going to sneak in and win. And that would have been OK. That would have been an OK best actor win, because look at his last year. He had so many big films and so different. And it would have been kind of a cumulative award. Yeah. But I, hey, I'm fine with Brendan Fraser. I think it's a good thing. You know, um, a couple of years ago, I was sitting with him on a, a veranda of a hotel and he was in a mediocre limited series and he was so honest and so forthright about how his career had gone down to nothing 
And he was just grateful to be working. And to see something like this happen, I think it's it's proof that they are right. Anybody could win if you just stick with it. And, um, you know, I'm happy for all of them. I think it's a, a great thing. Like I say, though, the only one I really worried about was poor Angela Bassett. Um, yeah. You know, they also talk about um, if you wore a black dress. I think we mentioned this before. Right. A black dress would be a winner. I noticed no black dresses all night long on those nominees, except Kate Blanchett had a black kind of, or at least dark blue underneath her kind of blue top. And I thought, oh, is this going to be the black dress kind of syndrome? Is she going to win because of that? But um, yeah, it was interesting, very interesting. Um, and it is, you know, what a crapshoot. What a crapshoot. Does it mean anything? No. The Oscars do not mean that this was the best picture because you probably have one in your own mind that you say, I really like that a lot better. And they were all talking about how Top Gun really had rescued the, the business. And that alone should have give them, given them something more than just one little award. Um, sound but, design, too. Sound. Not a surprise. Yeah. No, me. and I thought what Mike could have gotten cinematography. I thought it could have gotten special effects. Those are all ones that, you know, fit. It works. Um, but you, you never knew if it was going to be pulled out at the end that it would win best picture. And that, that has happened. You know, yeah. we've had these look at spotlight spotlight, like one, one thing before it got best picture. How does this happen? So anything could have happened on this. Um, I was, uh, I thought the show moved well. If you watched, I thought that some of those categories that were stray where you go, Oh, now we're going to have to go get food or else go to the bathroom. Um, we're interesting. I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus talking about how we were the best dressed actors usually get the uh, give out this award. And I was a, this is the dress I wore in Christmas vacation. I thought that was really very, very cute. Well written. Um, and then if you notice that um, when uh, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors were presenting their award and they kind of gave a we love you, uh, Auntie, to um Angela Bassett. It was kind of a nice kind of family feel. I could not believe that Lady Gaga had changed her clothes. She was like dressed to the nines at the beginning of this thing, wiped all that makeup off and put on what I basically was wearing um, <laughs> and then got out there on the stage and sang it. I was I was gobsmacked by that. I thought that was incredible. I, I noticed that too uh, when she got up there and I'm thinking, well, this is a whole, this is, this is you're not even lady gaga anymore you're back to being stephanie germanato i mean you're, you're kind of like, like completely stripped away everything and it was i i enjoyed it i thought that was a really cool performance and especially because we had seen her all decked out previously yeah. too, just a few years ago so it, it's just a whole it, it was a fun night from the music standpoint i i was a little on the music side of things i i was a little bit surprised that that didn't win possibly because i thought that might you know but it it played over credits. It's it's one where I didn't even know it was in the movie. I'm like, oh, Lady Gaga was nominated for what movie? Top Gun. Oh, I went to that and I didn't even realize it because it was it was at the end. It wasn't in a in a crucial pivotal scene. And I kind of thought, you know, because voters tend to like the big stars who do things like maybe they would give it to David Byrne because he he's he's kind of an establishment. He was talking heads. 
he has won before for for score for the last emperor but you know he's one of those longtime folks out there they could have gone and and it went for rrr wasn't you know that was a little bit but there wasn't an iconic song like we have had in past years like you didn't have that that streets of philadelphia that opened up the movie and was a huge radio no shaft um you know like like carly simon with with hers for working girl which just opened up the whole movie you look at all those james bond songs that have become iconic even even the recent ones like with from adele um, yeah it is just billy eilish she billy eilish she won so they didn't go with pop royalty which they could have very easily done with this one um so that was that was just a little bit of a surprise to me how did you think the in memoriam uh, played out do you think that was okay i i was really moved by john travolta Mm -hmm. because he had a connection he also had a connection to kirstie alley and they didn't make that connection it would have been maybe cool to end with her or whatever but um you could see he was choking up about the whole thing he was very emotional as he moved along I don't know, though, that Lenny Kravitz was the best person to do that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I love Lenny. Um, it, it was a, it just felt odd. Um, I, I was more annoyed because they kept panning away from the screen to show Lenny Kravitz playing. And I couldn't right. figure like I like where's my reading glasses? I can't Harry, see. Here's, it's my it's my cataract. That's what it seemed like. Is that one went was in focus and then the next one went out of focus oh, and then in and out and in and out. This was like the dumbest thing to do. When you're having somebody like that sing, show them at the beginning and then let them go into the slides that show you who's dead. Right. right? Yeah. And then you can come back to that person and they end it. But this is like some dumb, some dumb idea of you know some creative producer who right. knows in the but studio I, just like let's let's move away we, we need to show lenny again and you can't you're, you're showing these people who are they're cinematographers and they're film editors i have no idea who they are you know i know who kirstie alley is because she was a star but i don't know who any of these other people are i need to see who it is on the screen and they will tomorrow there will be a list of those they forgot to put in Right. You know, that's always a part of that whole segment. But I, you know, some of those things, those little kind of nods to whatever this year, they were going a a big thing because I'm sure Coda won last year. That's the reason that they were going to have signers around Mm -hmm. that were going to be. But when they showed them, they would cut them out of the screen. So who are they signing for? The guy standing behind the camera? I didn't get to like, I don't know how to read sign language. So I. You know, I apologize. But if you're going to do this, have the person so you can see them so that if somebody would like that, they can see it on the screen. And that was kind of a dumb, a dumb move on their part. They'd show that they were starting to sign and then they would like go over to the edge and you couldn't see them anymore. Now, I know what your favorite part of this had to have been this whole show. So when they pulled out Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. I I love Cocaine Bear. Although Cocaine Bear wanted a little too much uh, screen time, I think. A little was on there a little much. The donkey was much better. Yeah. And I I thought the donkey did a a fine job considering all the work he had. Was he, she? I don't, I'm not sure what the donkey was. But coming all the way from Europe over here to do the Oscars was a, a big ask. 
Cocaine Bear was looking for Cocaine Bear 2, I think. That's what all we got out of that one. That, yeah, and he was probably up on a little too much cocaine also. he was. I think, yeah, well, he got the night started a little early. Right. He didn't wait for the after party. One little thing that irritated me, and I don't know how you might have felt about this, but all of a sudden, we're, we're going down the road to the Little Mermaid, right? That or- was the worst. The worst. Okay, this is this is the worst. Yes. Because they tried to disguise a commercial yes. in the middle of the show and bring out presenters to present a commercial. I know that ABC is owned by Disney, but this was a real faux pas. And then to kind of hedge their bets, they did a thing for, oh, well, Warner Brothers is 102, but it wasn't the same kind of pitch for one movie. It wasn't The Flash coming on or Barbie or anything like that. So that was a stupid thing. And then, hey, A24, which won everything, it just celebrated 10 years. Are we not doing that too as long as we're doing anniversaries? I Yeah. I was I was angry. You know, I, they're bringing out Melissa McCarthy and all this, and we're like, okay, well, what are we doing? And they're talking about the Little Mermaid, and I'm thinking to myself, wait, was that nominated or something? I didn't even think that came out no. yet. And it's it's just a commercial. They built a commercial. It's native advertising, Bruce. That's what it's called. Well, I don't like it, because here they, they introduced them, and now, please welcome, and you're thinking, well, okay, it's kind of hokey having the two stars from a film that hasn't come out yet present something but then they weren't even presenting anything they were just pitching to a commercial stupid makes me not want to like little mermaid to be honest i'm not it's not going to get my money i'm i'm sitting out of that one it'll end up on disney plus on my tv (laughs) you'll get it sooner or later so you'll be all right uh the opening monologue i thought i thought jimmy was fine i mean he was okay sure Uh, there were a couple of times when i thought you know, you're crossing over into that world where maybe you're saying personal things that could get you punched if it were a different year, but the audience was different. So they wouldn't, they knew how to kind of stand there and smile and take it when you're referencing something about their personal life. But um, yeah, I thought it was fine. I think you can come back anytime. Uh, the, the dropping in, in a parachute, you could see that coming like, 20 miles away, yeah. you know? So it wasn't like, oh, this was so clever. This was something Billy Crystal did in like 1982. So I'm not really all that hooked up on it, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. he was fine. I, he disappeared for long periods of time. And I think he was a with Malala. He should have talked to her beforehand and said, I'm going to play with you a little bit. And Please be playful. Did you notice the woman who was sitting like two rows behind her with this big kind of hat or netting? She looked like, oh, my God, did I get the seats behind that woman? I will never see the show. <laughs> Lala but, wasn't having it with, with Jimmy yeah, Kimmel. <laughs> she was like, I'm for peace. Okay, yeah. that's great. Well, let's move on and let's see what we've got over here. Yeah, that bit hey, died Colin Farrell, let's play with you, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that bit hit died. A horrible day. Oh, it was like boom. Yeah, but I, I thought you know Jimmy Kimmel and it, I, like I know Chris Rock and I, and I love Chris Rock as a comedian. I've gone to a live Chris Rock show, but you know you don't know you know is there somebody with their finger on a button waiting to bleep something out because you don't know what he's going to say. I think after last year, after the slap, they just wanted to play that thing as safe as possible. 
And Jimmy Kimmel is a very safe choice. It's like the only other safer person I could think of is maybe like Jimmy Fallon. I mean, it doesn't get. He is safer, but he's NBC. So we wouldn't have. Exactly. So you have to go Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy wants him to come back on his show. He's not going to burn the bridge before he actually gets him in the seat. Right. So, yeah. And he's fine. I, you know, it, it wasn't. Uma Oprah, Uma Oprah of David Letterman at all. <laughs> that That is still uh, terrible all these years right. later. <laughs> it still it still ranks up there. And I think when they had last year, uh, or uh, when they had three, was it? Three actresses. I'm trying to remember who they were. See how bad we are? Oh. All we remember is Chris Rock, but he was just a presenter. It was like Wanda Sykes. Um Oh, Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. And was it Regina Hall? Was she the third one? Uh, I can't remember now. That's, you see, now that shows you how memorable they were as hosts. Right. We can't come up with a list. But the presenter that got punched just did a little bit of shtick before his, his thing. And look at this. That's what we remember. You'll think that Chris Rock hosted last year's show. And he didn't. He did not. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But it just, it's what we remember. Have you watched his special? Not the new one, no. He he addresses it at the end of the special, but I think he is so mm, the timing isn't that good. And so the the points that he wants to make are valid, but they don't get um presented in a way that you really think, oh, "Okay, I'm going to feel sorry for you." You don't. And I heard they had to edit out one of the jokes too related to that because he he set it up and then he screwed up the punchline and even said it i guess on the live piece of it so when when they rebroadcast it now the edited version they just lopped out that whole thing because it just didn't make sense so yeah i haven't yeah. gone back and seen it yet he needed to do a little more uh testing before he came out because he hadn't been on stage before an audience for for a while and that might have been a little better for that but you know what he deserved the time. He deserved to be able to wait and give his response to that whole situation in when he felt ready for it. And I was fine. Now there you'll see people who say, oh, he's just too mean to Will and he shouldn't have done that. No, no, no. It was time. I think one of the other nice things of the night was maybe we just we didn't have a Disney movie necessarily when the animated we kind of it, it was it was it was fresh, you know. We had Guillermo del Toro winning for Pinocchio. When when Jimmy did a a joke about, and then there's you know the the people who can watch, and we have Guillermo, and then they show Guillermo del Toro, and it, no no he, my Guillermo, and then they show his Guillermo in the audience. I thought that was that that one worked, that really worked. But Guillermo del Toro was very emotional again, continuing that thread um, when he talked about his family. And how this was something that was very important to him and how animation is important. And it is. It deserves a better shot than what it's been given. And the idea that they they relegate those films to just that category isn't right. It really should be considered for best picture, I think. Bruce, uh, one thing we haven't talked about yet was the red carpet 
or shall I say champagne carpet. Champagne, which is wrong. That was just a dirty beige. That's all it was. It was not champagne. Uh, I've I've had champagne and that doesn't look like that at all. And it looks like the kind of carpet that they would say it's in the back room. If you want to buy it, it's slightly used, but you could put that down in your basement. It'd be fine. That's what it'll look like. And they need to bring the red carpet back because it looks. I was telling my wife before before the Oscars tonight, I said, hey, did you hear they did away with the red carpet? They went with champagne. And she's like, what is champagne? And I said, I think it's just beige, but it they don't want to say it's beige. So they just call it champagne. So I think you're right on. What that. happened there was they probably ordered the red carpet and it was back ordered. So they said, well, what do we have? Well, I got some beige back here, but you could call it champagne if you'd like. Well, so, okay. They always pick people who really aren't journalists at any level and i'm sure they've got earpieces in all of these people's ears and so they feed them questions but they're usually those stupid questions like who are you wearing tonight and so you know what you're getting and chances are good that if you're somebody they're going to call you up onto the podium and they'll ask that stupid question well oddly enough hugh grant was called up and he was not playing at all. The interviewer would ask him, um, well, now, who are you looking forward to seeing tonight? Nobody. And who are you? You're, what are you? Who are you wearing? Well, it's my tuxedo. I took it off the in the closet. And uh, who's it by? Well, my tailor. And he was just like mean the whole time. Now, granted, maybe that's what they deserve. But if you're going to say, OK, yeah, I'll be interviewed you should play along with them and, and play the game. They need to get better interviewers, but he could have played the game. And then he did get a good laugh out of the audience um, when he talked about Annie McDowell's skin and his skin and how they were different. And I thought that was kind of fun. I did not watch the champagne carpet. I, oh. I, I missed it. So here, here's my deal. I flipped it on about 15 minutes ago. I did. I turned it on briefly, maybe an hour before and I'm just, I can't watch this because it's just the same thing, asking the same dumb questions, Very Terry. nothing, nothing interesting. It's like the Super Bowl pregame show. It's like, at least the Academy show, it's it's just 90 minutes. The Super Bowl show, it's like 14 hours long and I can't take it. It's just dumb. So I'm just like, I want the main event. That's all I want. And now I, I clearly miss the big I, I haven't event. taught you anything. I my work is not done here. I uh, it's interesting because I'll turn them on as soon as they start and it's whatever stray person happens to be walking by they'll interview because they're so desperate for somebody. Years ago there used to be a starlet named Edie Williams. She was part of these Russ Meyer kind of sexploitation films. Edie would come every year wearing like half a clothes. She was like very underdressed. And they would always have to interview Edie, but Edie never had tickets to go to the Oscars. She'd just walk through the line and then get all of the attention because nobody was there at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. So when you watch this, those early ones are just a real pressure uh, for these poor interviewers that don't know who these people are, what they've been in, or why they even got tickets to the Oscars this year. That's what's kind of fun about that. And then when you get toward the end, but just before the show starts, the big names start appearing. And you go, oh my God, here's the one who's going to win tonight. And so then they have to rush them through. Oh, well, I've got to go now. Got to go. Bye. Thank you. Wish me luck. And then that's it. But they have those long stretches of really torture. 
And that's what you're missing. You need that torture to be able to appreciate the rest of the night. Anything crazy with dress? I mean, it seemed like everyone was pretty spot on. There was nothing really unusual. Yeah, you to know, me. oddly, yeah, there were no dresses that you go, oh, wow, that really looks awful. That looks like a costume that should have been ditched. Um, I found that uh, Riz Ahmed, who presented, had a goofy shirt on. That's the only thing I saw out of the men that really was interesting. A lot of them went back to black tuxes and that, you know, usually they'll do a color or they'll do velvet or they'll do some kind of odd um, shirt combination thing. But that was about the only thing. The everything everywhere men um, were into kind of a burgundy look. And then um, one of the Daniels had punk written on the back of his I believe it was punk on the back of his jacket. And that was interesting, but that's, you know, come on, he's not an actor. So you can do what you want because who knows if you're getting up there. Um, but the actors and the actresses, there was a lot of feathers. Feathers were real big, uh, kind of flouncy, fluffy looking things. Um, and white kind of seemed to be the color, oddly enough. So maybe they were looking at that that poll that said white was a good color to wear on the Oscars. I don't think I'd wear white at all. You'd spill in a minute and there you'd be. Because they do have hors d'oeuvres before you start the Oscars. When you go in, they have free drinks and free hors d'oeuvres. And those people are worse than we ever are because they'll run after the free drinks. They'll stand in line forever to get one free drink. And then when some poor waiter comes out of the kitchen with a tray of hors d'oeuvres, they're on them right away. So I, I'm surprised that they would even um, they wouldn't eat anything. You'd bring something in a purse and say, that's good. But yeah, so I there was nothing where you go, that was really an awful dress. I don't think we had that this year. Now, maybe there were ones that they never showed on the show. Maybe it was in the very first hour of the red carpet shows that we saw some of those goopy costumes. But it looked pretty good this year, I thought. And the pace of the show overall, because they, they brought a bunch of categories back that they relegated to the pre-show almost in the past it worked. I didn't think it was going to work when they did the supporting actor and actress back to back. I thought that's way too much right away. You could do a couple of those stray ones in between, but I thought it was kind of good because then when they came to the next one, you were so full from that, that I was okay with a lesser award after that. And they, they you know, they found a way to make them humorous. Um, I think, and they did a better job with the, the best picture uh, things. You didn't have to have somebody trot out and say, this, this is my film and this is what it's all about. And please watch the clip. That's We don't care. I think if they cut all those clips of everything, we'd be fine because this show is made for moviegoers, people who love movies. We've seen it or we know about it. We don't need to be reminded of it. You know, they also in that pre-show, another thing you missed was there was a TikToker, some TikTok guy that I don't know who the hell he was, who was doing some kind of trivia junk around the place. And he looked bored to death to be there. And I'm thinking this is no way to get that TikTok crowd into watching this show. They are not going to watch broadcast TV, but you could do something on TikTok that would be much better and could get somebody to watch whatever you're presenting there. So I think they had an idea, but they didn't know how to execute it. Overall, the pace of the show moved along pretty well i was concerned it said it felt like we were going to run into some issues because they said 10 o'clock and i'm looking at my clock periodically and i'm thinking there's no way this thing is ending at 10 but it never ends at 10 anyway so 
it, it, it really didn't go that late. So all things considered, I thought they kept the pace of the show moving well. You know, Jimmy had his opening monologue. You know, he did his 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was. But then they kept things moving along. You get that occasional cocaine bear dropped in. You would have, you know, little bits here and there. But they seemed to keep that to a minimum. And they, you know, they did all right with playing some of those second award winners off the stage sooner when you know you had two people accepting for an award with the bigger awards like director and actor and they they kind of got to ramble on a little bit but it didn't feel horribly long long either it felt like even on those they kept you wanting to listen and they were personal and there weren't any crazy you know I, I didn't feel like there were any like polarizing issues for the most part that came up. It was mostly, you know, introspective type things and not, you know, let's get political or anything like that. The show clipped along until we got to the Little Mermaid commercial. Mm-hmm. Then you think, wait a minute, they're they're duping me here. I feel like I've been had. And if they'd cut that one and the Warner Brothers one out, they might have been on time. Yeah. I'm not seeing Little Mermaid. Uh, I'm so sour on that right now. It's reverse psychology, right? There you go. Yep. But I think when we look back on this year, I think we'll go, you know what? It was good. They did a good job. They They picked good winners. You know, you can't really argue with that. And the idea that they were opening up to what we would use to think would be an indie film would be something that would win in the Indie Spirit Awards, I think was a good thing. I really do. And we honored old people, you know? We, it, it was all, it was everything, everywhere, all at once. It really was. I don't think there's a more appropriate way to end a show than on, on that statement right there. Call me tomorrow and I'll give you some more, right? <laughs> that sounds good. So we're, uh, yeah, so you're heading out on vacation. And I'm then- off. Uh, but we do have another episode coming up next week where we we dive into Marie Antoinette. Yes. Oh, you'll love to hear about that. And you'll get to hear the kids who are the stars of the show. Until next week, screen something good or stream something good.